0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Brothers and sisters in Islam, as alaikum wa rahmatullahi also around the world who are listening on FB Live, <laughs> and Allah you're very welcome and may Allah ta'ala enlighten you and us in knowledge and wisdom and accept this from us in this world and the next. Brothers and sisters in Islam, continuing from where we left off last week, so the debate between Iblis and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began. For Iblis, it was more of an argumentation. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was a Ghadab, an anger and a wrath upon Iblis, because Iblis, uh, he defied Allah directly, knowingly, knowingly, and with absolute knowledge. He saw the angels. He was among the angels. Although he was among the, he was from the creation of the jinn. So, then not anyone confuse Iblis to be an angel? He was from the jinn. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rose to a high status because of his uh, good actions and good faith. But when Allah created Adam, there was an atom worth of disease in Iblis's heart, which now was going to be manifested, it's going to show. And this is what Allah does. He tests us in different ways, not because he doesn't know, but because... Number 1 he is fair and just. And secondly so that we do not have an argument against him subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you deserve paradise and he or she deserves hellfire on what basis? Allah is fair. So he made Iblis go through this trial and to bring out This disease in his heart, which he has to work on. A little note I want to make which I didn't say last week. Brothers and sisters, when do you develop and become better? When do you rise and become a better person? Is it when you don't have any faults in life? Is it? No? Is it when you don't sin? It's not when you rise. Is it when people don't see your bad habits? So long as no one can catch you, you're good? No? Brothers and sisters, you only rise when you reflect on your own bad habits yourself. You, no one else. Or if someone points them out, you take it on board. You reflect on your own bad things. You admit it to yourself, and you admit it to Allah. And you say to yourself, I have this bad thing, and I need to work on it. And then you work on developing. That's why I say, as a teacher, students, when they do a mistake, they say, oh, this teacher got me in trouble, and I don't know what, I say, no, no. They didn't get you in trouble. Look at yourself, what did you do? Until you can look at your own mistake, then I say to you, you have to own your mistake. If you make a mistake, own it. Nobody can say anything to you after that. Own your mistake. What else are they going to say? But you did this. Yes, yes, I did do that. I am in the wrong What else are they going to do? You owned your mistake. No, you deal with it yourself. Iblis didn't own his mistake. He decided to argue with the creator of the universe. <laughs> Allah, the king of all kings. <coughs> so now... Iblis, he got jealous of Adam and he said, Oh my Lord, let me live until the last hour. He said, let me live until the day of judgment. Allah said, you will live until the last hour. You will die like everyone else. Some people think that Allah left Iblis so that he can manipulate us or test us with him or to lead us astray, or uh, to whisper to us. Some people say that if Iblis didn't exist or the shaitan didn't exist, we would be much better off, we wouldn't sin. Some people, they blame it on the shaitan and Iblis when they do the wrong. The shaitan made me do it. This is what children say, right? He made me do it. She made me do it. It's not my fault the shaitan whispered to me. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave Iblis or the shaitan to whisper to us. He did not leave them on this earth to test us with them. No. It's irrelevant. The jinn are by themselves and the humans are by themselves. They're by themselves. Iblis was copying his own consequence. And Allah said, okay, I'll let you live until the last hour. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to Make the pain worse on Iblis, that you're going to get everything. Okay, take what you want. You want to live until that long? Take all of it. What's worse? When you have nothing to lose or when you have everything to lose? Which one's worse? When you have everything to lose. So Allah wants to give Iblis so he can lose it all. Secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that this human being is going to make Iblis suffer. We are going to make the shaitan suffer himself. How? The shaitan knows he's in the wrong and he thinks that this son of Adam, us, we're all going to go to hellfire. But he also knows that there are some of us who are so sincere and will not be able to power over us, so he whispers it. So Allah also, with his wisdom, wants to make Iblis suffer more by making the human being even rise higher. See, the human beings already got desires and temptations. That's what whispers to us. The Shaitan, what does he do? He comes and whispers, like any other person. If it wasn't the Shaitan, it's going to be your friend. If it's not your friend, it's going to be someone. It's going to be the TV. It's going to be the social media. It's going to be at school. It's going to be at work. It's going to be uh, on your holiday. Everyone's going to whisper to you. And I can tell you that the human being is worse of a whisperer than the Shaitan. Who knows why the human being is worse than the Shaitan in whispering to you? Because when the shaitan comes to you, you can say lots of words that make him go away. Like if you say the adhan, he, 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 he runs away. The hadith says that he runs away while passing wind. If you say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ He goes away. You read the Qur'an, he goes away. It comes back. But the human being, A'udhu min He's still there. He's not going to go anywhere. You make the adhan, he's still there. The human being is worse as a whisperer than the shaitan. So Iblis, my brothers and sisters, do not ever think that he was left on earth in order to whisper to you. It was another wisdom Allah subhanahu ta'ala put. But he can whisper. However, his whispering is very weak. The only thing that he does is that he gives you ideas so that your own desires, your own desires can react. He doesn't come and bring you the woman to your doorstep and say, here, he commit zina. Or the alcohol to your doorstep, here, you drink alcohol. No, he just whispers, look there, look here, look at that. That sounds good. Oh, this person bullied you, all right. Uh, sorry, they teased you because you're a Muslim and so it creates you know, and yeah, he's right, he teased me So therefore, you know, it makes you feel that you shouldn't show your Islam anymore, it makes you a bit shy What the shaitan did was he just whispered thoughts into you, they're just thoughts Think of it as bad thoughts and that's it And now uh, the Prophet ﷺ was approached by his companions They said, Ya Rasulullah, we sometimes get really bad thoughts that if we were to tell you what these thoughts are, we would rather you burn us in the fire, we'd rather burn alive than to tell you what we're thinking. Bad whispers. The companions. So Prophet he got happy. He said, Can you really feel that? He said, yes. He said, Alhamdulillah, thanks to Allah and gratitude, that he reduced the ability of the shaytan To mere whispers. That's all he can do. Are you accountable for your bad thoughts? No. You are not accountable for your bad thoughts until when? Until you act upon them. You act upon them with your mouth, or with your limbs, your desires. So bad thoughts come and go. We are not held accountable until we put them into action. My brothers and sisters in Islam, there's also the diseases of the heart. That's an action. When I carry grudges and hatred and enmity towards someone whom Allah SWT told me not to, that's also an action. You will be held accountable for that. But thoughts that go through your head, like let's say you looked at someone and you just didn't like their face and you swore at them in your head, then then you stopped it. So long as it doesn't become part of your heart, you hold it in there against this person when you shouldn't have then you're okay. So hating someone has to have a proper reason, which Allah has told us about. That's another whole lecture. Anyway, Iblis hated Adam for his personal reasons, and that is nothing other than Allah made him look like he was uh, of a high position, because he said prostrate. But it's not about the prostration. It was about Allah's order, which Allah SWT was angry about. So Iblis... He said to him, to Allah, وَعِزَّتِكَ وَجَلَالِكَ أَجْمَعِينَ Oh Allah, I swear an oath by your glory and your might that I will lead all of them astray. Why would Iblis, the enemy of Allah now, still swear oath by his glory and his might? He's <laughs> acknowledging Allah's glory and might. What's up with that? Iblis is swearing oath by Allah's glory and his might, knowing that he's being rude and bold in promising Allah that he will make sure he will stuff up all of Adam and all of his children till the end of time. But firstly, you see, Iblis is too terrified to threaten Allah. He's too terrified to what? To threaten Allah. So what does he do? He cannot. Because Iblis knows he cannot do anything if Allah decides to stop him, How will he be able to carry out his evil actions without crossing the line by threatening Allah? He doesn't want to cross the line, but at the same time, he wants Allah to give him what he wants. You see, when Iblis said, by your glory, it means, by your glory, it was because of your Ava. This glory that you have is the thing that made the children of Adam have free will. Allah has greatness and glory. That greatness and glory, His azamah, is the reason why Allah gave us free choice. Because free choice is a gift. Allah is so glorified that He doesn't need to make you a robot to worship Him. He doesn't need that. Does Allah needs you to worship Him. Therefore, He didn't make you a robot forced to worship Him. Why? Because Allah doesn't need your worship because he is an azeem, he is self-sufficient, he is glorified, he doesn't need it. Now, Iblis knew that, he knows that Allah is glorified, he is self-sufficient, he doesn't need anyone to worship him. So he wanted to use a a pathway, a way with Allah, where Allah will accept for him to give him his dua. So he said, oh Allah, by that glory that you have, and self-sufficiency that you have, in other words, oh Allah, the fact that you gave him free choice, the fact that you gave them free choice, I will go and lead them astray. So it's not a threat. It's just they are saying, oh Allah, look, you, know, you gave them free choice because you're so glorified. Well, I'm going to use that pathway to lead them astray. Because they have free choice now. They can listen to me or not to. So I am going to show you, I will lead them all astray. And I will show you that this piece of rubbish, that's what he's saying. I will show you that this piece of rubbish Adam is below me. And that his children were never deserving of entering paradise or being in his position above me. That's what Iblis is saying to Allah. And that's the whole mission of Iblis until the end of time. That's it. That's what Iblis is here for. That's all he wants to do. There is a narration, I'm not sure if it's uh, authentic. I think it's more weak, but it's been said in the books of Ibn and Nihayah. by scholars. They said that Iblis, at the time of Musa, the time of Moses, Salam, Iblis came to Moses and said, Allah is merciful. He said yes, and he's forgiving. He said yes. He said to him, Ask Allah if He will still forgive me. You know Iblis, he knows that he's going to hell so he does, Ask Allah if He'll forgive me. And in that narration it says that Iblis asked Allah because he spoke to Allah directly, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, the meaning is correct. He said to him, I will forgive him if he goes to the grave of Adam and prostrates to it. <laughs> he has to fix what he did wrong. That's what he wants to get out of, Go and prostrate. And Adam said, and Eve said, thousands of years ago I didn't do it, now I'm going to do it? After he's dead? When he was alive, I didn't do it. Now that he's dead, this is even more humiliation. So he got angry and he kept going. If the narration is authentic, it makes sense. And if it's not, the meaning is still correct. The meaning is still correct. That Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala will not change the state of a people until they change the state that is within themselves. You cannot say, and Rasul said, A person says, Allah, Allah, give me this, give me that, oh Allah, oh Allah. But his nourishment is from haram, his clothes is from haram, he is living on haram. How would Allah accept his dua? It means that some people, they want to short-circuit their way to Jannah. You can't, you have to go, there's only one way. Look at your sins, figure out your problem which you know. Work on yourself, don't sit there saying, Allah is ghafoor ar-raheem, Allah forgives everything. And I continue to do my sins openly, I continue to drink, I continue to never pray, I continue to not fast, I continue to follow haram left, right and center, knowing then I say one day I'll do my hajj, when I'm 60 years old, Allah is afroor rahim. Doesn't matter. Or I'll do umrah next year, all my sins will go. It doesn't work that way, brothers and sisters. You cannot try Allah and you cannot trick Allah. That's the trick of Iblis, it didn't work for him and it won't work for us. Yes, if you turn to Allah and ask him for forgiveness, Allah will forgive you. You have to yield in sincerity. And today we're going to see the way Adam repented to Allah and compare it to the way Iblis turned against Allah. We're going to look at the difference between Allah making Iblis an outcast and the difference between making Adam and Hawa come down to the earth. What is the difference? My brothers and sisters in Islam, Iblis said... Except the few among your servants who are sincere and pure. Allah said, those you will not be able to touch. But then Allah says, فَالْحَقِّ وَالْحَقَّ أَقُولُ He said, this is the truth and I only speak the truth. I will certainly fill Jahannam with you and with all those among them who follow you. Allah doesn't need Iblis to tell... Allah doesn't care that Iblis you know, is going to whisper and some of them are going to follow him into Jahannam. Allah says, I'll just fill you and your followers in Jahannam If that's what you and them want. What do you think, it affects me? I want my true servants. I don't want those others. My true servants who decide to worship me. These are the ones that I will honor. And the others I don't need to, who cares? Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala said to Iblis, go ahead. And he gave him ideas. He said, go and use their families and use their wealth and use their cattle and their livestock and their horses and their cars and their crops. Use their children against them. Go. Go and do whatever you can. My sincere servants, you will not be able to reach them. A sincere servant is someone who when you and I argue and get upset with each other and we get angry at each other for personal reasons, and then he says to me, brother, let's remember Allah. And I hug him and he hugs me and we kiss each other on the forehead and we forgive each other. The shaitan runs away. That's a sincere person. A sincere person who, when he is said to him or she is said to her, you have wronged, you did a mistake. They admit the mistake and say it in public if it was done in public. Yes, I have heard. I will not hold accountability for indulging. Yes, I have heard. Not ego, not an ego. Gosh, subhanAllah, some people their ego is so great. <laughs> don't do what I did. I once and I got angry at this person with so much ego. I said, Man, if I want to kill myself, I'll just climb up your ego and then jump down to your IQ level. <laughs> That's a bad one. Don't do that. But some people they deserve them I and mean, their ego is so great. Walayyahu <laughs> billah. Don't ever do that. This was in one day I was in high school. I said to somebody. The point is, this Iblis had a great ego. And truly, people who have a high ego, they're called Juhal in Arabic, ignorant. So their IQ level is low. Even if their IQ level is high, they're still ignorant. An ignorant person is one who doesn't, either doesn't know information, or an ignorant person who doesn't know how to apply information. An ignorant person is one who has no wisdom, who has no morals, no values, or knows what the values are, but doesn't go by them. This is called a jah He has no intelligence. So that's what Iblis did. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said to Iblis, Fakhruj minha, fa Get out of it. You are an outcast. Get out of what? Iblis had a rank with the angels, a special position. Allahu alam what that position was. There's different narrations about what he did, bookkeeper, I don't know what he did. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him out of his position, his rank, he no longer deserved it. He demoted him and he told him, you are not just demoted, you are an outcast. You are nowhere to be near. All of these, or jannah and the favors and the hasanat and the righteous people and their ranks, you are out, out, outcast. Rajim. outcast. One of the tricks of the shaitan is to promise you things that will not happen. He makes you afraid of poverty, for example, in the future, when there's nothing wrong with you right now, and then says to you, you're going to get poor, so go and get interest, go and steal. Go and deal in drugs. Go and do haram. How does he do it? He whispers. Allah says, He makes you afraid that you'll go into poverty. And then He starts to command you with doing indecent things. Command means that when you submit, you say, Yes, yes, this fear, I'm going to get poverty, I'm going to. Then the Shaitan can command you. You don't even have to, He doesn't have to, have to try. He'll tell you, go. And you go and do it. So be aware of these whispers. Allah says, He is your enemy, Allah says to the children of Adam. So take him as an enemy. Don't sit there. No, shaitan is your enemy. Don't ever think of him as a hero or a good being or anything like that. An enemy is somebody who knows. And no matter what you say to them, it will never work. Because they know, they're deliberately doing that you, Brothers and sisters in Islam. <clears throat> so, I wrote an important note here which I want to say about Iblis and then move on. He was blaming Allah for his failure. What was he doing? Blaming Allah for his failure. Even though Allah merely ordered him to do what was quite normal for Iblis and the angels to do. I mean, you're in this rank. If I ordered you to prostrate, it's normal for you. But Iblis's inner hypocrisy was exposed by this test. So, because of his own failure, which made him lose everything, he couldn't accept it. Especially because of a so called low life like Adam. Instead of owning his wrong and repenting, he boasted with pride and blamed his failure on Allah. Then Iblis realizes that he made himself look like an ungrateful piece of rubbish. He made it his life mission to prove that this so-called special creation, the humans are an ungrateful, thankless and disloyal creature of a man. And that this Adam never had the right to deserve a superior position to his. That's the whole story of Iblis, if you want to know it. That's it. In relation to him being an outcast and why he did what well. did. Now let's move on. Iblis turned to Adam and knew that Adam was going to enter paradise. So he got even angrier. He turned to Allah and said, look here, you so he spoke to Allah. <speaking in Hebrew> Look here, you. See this person, this rubbish who you put over me. I shall uproot them and destroy them. And all of this is because of hate and vengeance. They are nothing but the traits of the shaitan Sister, So stay away from it. Stay away from hate, vengeance, jealousy, pride, arrogance, and holding grudges for too long. Brothers and sisters, when you forgive someone, you are not forgiving that person because they deserve it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. When you forgive, it means that you are taking the burden off your chest. It's for yourself. So you can think straight. This other person's laughing, going to sleep and happy, moving on in their life, and every night you can't sleep because you can't forgive. Forgiving means letting go of the past or letting go of the hope that you can change the past it's gone what do we do there is Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold everyone to every statement and action they did in secret and in open is there anything better for you than to say what Ibrahim alayhi salam said Allah is enough <laughs> oh he's the best to rely on you guys are finished if you're if you're going to leave it to Allah there was one of the greatest one one great past predecessor, a great scholar of the past, who said, Wallahi, I do not fear anyone more than listen carefully, I do not fear anyone more than a weak, a weak, poor, powerless person. Weak, poor, powerless person who has no support from anybody whom I wrong. I do something wrong to him, and all he says is this. Allah. Allah is enough for me. He says, Wallahi, I do not fear the word of anybody more than that powerless, poor person who says to me when I wrong him, Allah is enough for me. I shiver, I can't sleep. That's who we should be afraid of. al mazlum the victim, and we are the person. Now, Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala in the Quran changes the scenario from talking about Iblis and who, what he did and suddenly says something remarkable he
1: says let's listen to it." and we said o oh, Adam."
0: Live in the garden, you and your wife. You and who? And your wife. And eat abundantly of whatever you wish, but do not approach this tree. Or else you will be counted among the wrongdoers. What's remarkable about this verse is that right up to this point, nowhere in the whole story of Adam and the beast and the angel and the creation has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned once. The wife of Adam. This is the first verse that we hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning his wife. Now, please listen carefully. Allah did not say wife in... in, We just say wife in English. There's no such thing as husband and wife in Arabic. In the Quran, Allah says, Zawj. It only has one name. The husband is called Zawj. And the wife is called... What? Who knows Arabic. Huh? Zawjah? Zawj? And what? Zawjah. No. This is the modern-day uh, slang that we use. We say zawjah, female. Actually, they are both in the masculine term. Zawj, for the man, and zawj, for the woman. Exactly the same. No, exactly the same. This is what Allah says, he didn't say, for those who know Arabic, وَزَوْجَتُكَ It's Zawjah, and he said Zawjatooka. But he said, وَزَوْجُكَ And which means it's a masculine word. Does that mean Eve is, Astaghfirullah, not a female? Do we not believe in transvestites? No. Transgender, no. The Arabic word, Zawj, means, it, it's a genderless thing. Well, what it means is a creature that has to have another pair. One, but because it's called zoj, which means a pair of dot 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 filling the blanks. That's what it means. Zouj, When you say zoj, there has to be a partner to it that is opposite and completes it and fits together with it and is compatible with it. Brothers and sisters, Allah says in the Qur'an, we have created everything in this universe in pairs, in zawjain. Which means the positive and the negative, the protons and the neutrons. Everything has its opposite. That's how the world functions. Otherwise, if you don't have an opposite, nothing will exist. Everything in creation has an opposite. And the human being are in opposites. Allah said, Zawj wa, qul, wa, wa anta wa zawj. <laughs> here's another question. Why all of a sudden Allah introduces the wife, but doesn't say where she was created from? Nowhere in the Quran does it tell us where Hawa' Eve was created from. Her name is Hawa' Hawa' means something that you lean towards. Something that accommodates you you lean towards, attracts you, you find your peace and sanctuary and tranquility with. That's what Hawwa means. Adam from the earth. Well, if you just go by the Quran, you will understand that by this verse alone, Hawwa was created also from clay, like like Adam in the same way, her own creation. But she was created as a pear. So Adam was created from clay first, then she was created from clay second. A lot of people assume that Hawa was created from Adam's body. And other scholars interpret the Ahadith and the verses of the Qur'an to mean that she was created from Adam's body. And others, they say, she was created from the rib bone of Adam. There is a verse in the Quran which, say, which says, People fear your Lord who has created you from a single person زوجة, and created from it its pair, its zavj. Honestly, this is a difficult one for me. All of them have a valid point. Those who say Hawa was created from Adam's body is valid because the verse says he created from a single soul and from it he created its pet, meaning Hawa, because Adam is the first. Others they said no. In Arabic it also makes sense when you, you can say something was created directly from something, or you can say something was created from something meaning from its same from its same source. Right? That's why Allah says, He brought to you prophets from yourselves. Not meaning from your own bodies, but from among you. Like you. Meaning, like you. Humans. From the same place you guys came from. So, the scholars said, Hawa was created from the same source that Adam was created from, but after him. That's valid. The other interpretation, which is the traditional interpretation, most of the scholars of the past said this, she was created from Adam's Body. How? We don't know, but from him. So she is actually taken from him, and therefore they are from each other. They belong to each other, they're part of each other. As for the one where they say she was created from his rib, this, my dear brothers and sisters, the correct opinion is that it is false. There is no, and I have done research in this until I killed him, as far as I know, and listened to many scholars about this past and present, and what appears, alhamdulillah, is that all the narrations about Hawa' being created from the rib bone of Adam are not authentic. They cannot be relied upon. The only hadith which is authentic in Bukhari and Muslim, hence authentic, is the Prophet said, and I think this is where the, the, the problem is. People misinterpret this. Especially, people have stereotypes. People come from particular cultures, men especially. And I'll tell you This hadith, just because it's problematic, Rasulullah ﷺ problematic to understand. He said to the men, bin nisa Treat your women with goodness. Forgo. Their mistakes. Don't hold on to everything she says and does. Let go. He says to the man more often to let go than what he says to the woman. And Allah addresses the man, Adam, himself in the Quran, more than what he addresses Hawa, for the responsibility of not eating from the tree. And for the responsibility of not listening to the shaitan. Why? Adam is to be the leader. And Hawa will support him, but she has to also advise him. She has to support him and what? Advise him. And we're going to come to that soon. So Allah, Rasulullah, advises the man to treat his wife and sisters and mother and daughters with goodness and be patient with their shortcomings. Why? He said, (laughs) They were created. Like the ribbon. In English, as soon as you say bone, it loses every meaning that was in Arabic. Because English is a, compared to Arabic, is quite surface like. Arabic is very rich in meaning. Dila, <inaudible> then Rasul said, and he referred to the head, meaning the brain. And then he said, فَاسْتَوْسُوا بِالنِّسَاءِ So I urge you to treat women well. In other words, don't judge them, don't patronize them, don't tease them, don't mock them, don't hurt them, don't uh, hit them, don't abuse them, don't take away their rights. بِالنِّسَاءِ which means do extra than your duties. And assume one of them. Meaning, in another hadith Rasul said, no believing man. It's not possible for a believing man, a true man, to hate a believing woman. In If he hates a particular quality about her, he will love other qualities about her. In other words, look past her faults and look at the goodness that she has. I'll tell you a little story. Omar Khattab, remember Umar, a very strong man, loud voice. One Sahabi came to him. I think it was Abu Musa al-Ashari. I think I may be mistaken. He wanted to go to him to complain to Amir al-Mu'mineen about his wife, why this man's wife was raising her voice over his too much. That's all, sisters, not more than that. There weren't glasses and mirrors and and pots and pans flying around. And there weren't swear words at him and his mum and dad and his brother, no, none of that stuff. And there weren't things telling him, you're not a man, you're a disgrace, you're a hypocrite, you're a trash. No, none of this stuff. Nor did the man do that. But she raised her voice over his and the man became irritated with this and thought, what's this? She's always cutting me off. I talk, she cuts me off. Doesn't listen over my... So he went to Amir al and says, Ya yeah, Amir al-Mumineen and as soon as he approached his house he heard the wife of Amir al-Mumineen, Omar raising her voice over Omar's. Omar, if he just whispered, you hear her from here to the end. On the end of this room. If he whispered, Omar ad Her voice over his. So Omar al-Khattab went out of the house silently. Why? So the anger can reside, And when he comes out, he's going to sweet-talk him. There's a difference between sweet-talking and sucking up. <laughs> okay? Oh, this is a, he's just trying to... No, sweet-talk. Meaning, be patient and be merciful. His wife's calm down. Then when this man saw Umar al-Khattab come out like that, the man thought to himself, I better just walk away. He turned around and started walking back. Umar al-Khattab said, come here, come here, come here. The man said, and when he said, what did you come for? He says, nothing, nothing, it's all right. I he goes, Wallah, well, you're going to ask me what you came for. He said, Wallah, yeah. well, if you do know. my wife raises her voice. I mean, it's gone too long. And when I approached, I just accidentally heard your wife doing the same thing. So I thought I'm going to as well pack my bags and walk <laughs> If that's happening to you, I've got no hope. So Amir al-Mu'mineen said to him, "Inna ha, We hear the masculine verb, say, uh, now. She is my other half. She is my partner. She is my supporter. She is my pair. Allah decreed her for me. In other words, I can't live without her. She is mine. She's my supporter. She washes my clothes. She cooks my meals. She raises my children. Or our children. And she saves me and protects me from the fire. She saves me protects me from hellfire. In other words, don't worry about that. Look how much good she has. Exactly as the Prophet ﷺ said, Now, in the twenty first century we take out the first part, be good to your wives, and the second part, so be good to your wives. And some people, what do they do? They want to attack Islam or whatever? They bring that one verse. They are like the Bruh. And they think they said something remarkable. Brothers and sisters in Islam, it cannot be understood that the woman is deficient in her intelligence. It cannot be understood that a woman is inferior to the man. It cannot mean that the woman is uh, weaker in everything. She is weaker in something, stronger in others. Men are weaker than them in something, stronger than them in others. All the ayat in the Quran, all the of Prophet ﷺ, prove otherwise. And certainly history proves many women became more intelligent than many men, Surpass them in many ways. However, what does it mean? Many scholars, including Sheikh Al-Bani, who I follow for when it comes to uh, analyzing Hadiths, I believe is one of the most forefront scholars of Hadith today in our time. Passed away, and he said this Hadith is a metaphor. In Arabic, they used to use this dila. and what it means is. She leans towards things that men don't lean towards. Why does she lean towards them? Because of stronger emotions in her than the man's emotions. And you might say, but a man has emotions. I've seen men get angry and smash walls. True. That's an exception. We've also seen women smash walls. That's an exception. We're talking about the normal instinctive behavior that men and women were born on without any interference from outside. The natural brain structure, anatomical structure of the... the neurological structure of the brain of both the men and the women, biologically, are different in more than 400, 200 ways. Scientific studies have shown this today. The women use in their brain more parts of it than the men at one time. What a study showed these are numerous studies about the brain still in debate right now. There's one from Princeton University. It says that the women use the right and left side of their brains simultaneously together. Men use more of the front and back and women this way. Which means they said This is evidence to the fact that women are better at basing a decision on analytical left part of the brain, as well as intuitive right part of the brain grounds. Intuitive can also also mean emotions, creativity, all that stuff. Men in general are not as creative as women, not as emotional as women. They are emotional, but they don't show it as much as women. Men, they said, have a larger brain, they have a larger brain of about... The and every part of their brain is used, but not together. The women have a network. They use it all at once, so therefore it's complex. What does this mean? It means that there are interferences when she is acting, thinking, talking. More complex, but interferences. With what? The emotional side. Why? This is her nature, which makes her perfect in raising children. Teaching children. Looking after the internal affairs of a home that the husband doesn't know how to. In being creative with new ideas. Making life more colourful and enjoyable. If she chooses to do that, she's the best at her. What is the man Buddha? More calculative, strategic actions. That's why they're better at motor skills skiing, uh, batting, uh, 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 sports, anything. This is scientific study shown, And that's not every man, and that's not every woman. It means the majority. My brothers and sisters in Islam, since the woman uses both sides of her brain, her logic is just as good as man's logic, just as intelligent as men, just as calculative as men, except her emot- emotive part is stronger in her thinking process, in her brain, than the men's. For this reason, Rasulullah said, she is like a dila, which means, oh men, what's he telling the men? Come here. Instead of judging her, motivate her. She needs motivation. You need to accept her the way she is, she will not be molded to so what you think is straight, because she's meant to wiggle around. She's not wiggle around, it's, bad, it's bad. She's meant to be creative, she doesn't think like you. So we need to understand that nature of women, and women need to understand that nature of men. If a man tells you, sister, when you say, What are you thinking about, when he's just sitting there, and he says to you nothing. It means nothing. That's all it means. It means nothing. Her brain can't accept that. She says, we women are not like that. We we're always thinking there's something. Said, no, that's impossible. You have to be thinking about something. Is it my dress? Is it my cooking? Is it my job? Is it my looks? Is there another woman? Is it what? What well, lay on it's nothing. Nothing. I heard this funny guy. Talking about men having, thinking like boxes, the brains are full with boxes, the box of money, and the box of fighting, and the box of rest, and the box of whatever. And then there's one box which women don't have, it's called the empty box, it's got nothing in it. Men sometimes need to sit there for about 15 minutes thinking about nothing. Wallahi nothing. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, there is a big difference between the way men think and women think, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merely leading us to the fact that, listen,
1: women are that way and men are this way do not judge them and put them down women do not judge and put down your husbands or the, your men, you are supporters of
0: one another Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Hun you are men, men your wives uh, are like clothing to you, they make you and support you and decorate you and protect you and uh, cover your sins for you and comfort you like clothing and you, O men, are like that to them as well. You support them, clothe them, as in like you your, your behaviour. You you cover their habits, you uh, decorate them, you protect them, you give them warmth. Allah says, <inaudible> so that you may find tranquility and peace together. My brothers and sisters, I warn you from being stereotypical. Once you know this, the problem is that when we say that women are like that, we say, oh, it means they're inferior to the man. No. Without them, you cannot be anything. The only thing that... And a woman can't be even without a man. The only thing Allah gave men is a responsibility called leadership. And it doesn't get pregnant and doesn't breastfeed. A woman gets pregnant breastfeeds. And in those situations, brothers and sisters, when she gets um, she gives birth or in her menstrual cycle, Rasulullah Sallallahu said, <coughs> they lack they lack in aql and deen. He said they lack in something called aql and they lack in deen. <coughs> what is aql and what is deen? Aql means, literally means the brain, but that's what it, not what it means here. Aql means to stick with something and not move away from it. Okay? so, a woman, as Rasulullah SAW said, that her aql is affected The ulema actually said her aql, and is affected by the emotive side, the emotional side at times And therefore, at times, you need to be patient in her thought process Deen means that she, she, there are times when she is not allowed to pray or fast such as in her menstrual, menstrual cycle, and when she gives birth, and when she's postnatal, in her postnatal bleeding. In that time, she's not allowed to pray or fast. Therefore, not qisatu means that, doesn't mean they're deficient in their religion, they have less faith. It means that they don't get to do certain actions of worship at certain times. Whereas men must do it all the time. It's just the nature that Allah Father created them to be. So in that time, sisters, it's a time for you to increase in your dhikr, dua and nurturing your children. And let me tell you something. In this day and age, we have a lot of people who look down upon motherhood. I say to you, the greatest good that a mother can ever do is to raise a human being. Do you know how heavy that word is? The greatest good you can do is to raise a living, breathing human being, and that is why the mother earned the title that if you serve her, you'll find paradise. ka ka thumma Your mother, your mother, mother father. Now she does no longer fulfills that responsibility. She wants to become more like a, a man, for example, in the man's world and avoid the motherhood and look down upon motherhood where's the title gone the title is placed for you because of that noble unbelievable position we can't do it better than you sisters we can't wallah we can't maybe i can't no none of us can so my brothers and sisters respect and honor what allah has created you and anything extra that you can do a sister becomes more intelligent in something that she never thought she can do, she gains more skills than she, never, she thought she could ever do, or man thought she could ever do. Yes, she can, she probably surpass men. But in general, the Qur'an states this is the instinctive nature of men and women. So I hope inshallah that explains it a little bit. Hawa was not created from Adam's rib bone. It could be that she was created from Adam's body, and so we became pairs. Or she was created from the same origin of Adam, after Adam, which is clay. Because Allah says He created Adam and then He said He created Eve. Created means originated. So Allah then said to them, Go you and your spouse enter paradise. Now, Jannah here, the scholars said, which Jannah is it? Is it the Jannah that we're gonna inshallah that that the, that the believers are promised for those? Or is it a different Jannah? Jannah means garden. Which garden? Had Allah created a different garden? Allah knows best. Some scholars said it is the actual garden we're going to, inshallah, if Allah accepts us. And the majority of them said, it is a different garden altogether. Why? Because Allah's true Jannah, you can never be forbidden from anything in it. But Allah forbade Adam and Hawa from doing what? from eating from a particular tree. What was this tree? We don't know. It is the Bible, the, the Christians, uh, who say it was an apple. It was them who said a serpent, a snake that whispered to them. It is them who said that. It is they who said, the Jews and Christians, that Eve is the one who, he, who, who uh, manipulated Adam or caused him to eat from the tree and disobey Allah. Muslims, we reject that completely. Hawa did not entice Adam, nor was she the cause for him entering, uh, eating from the tree and disobeying Allah. What is my evidence? Throughout the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses Adam. 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 And after they ate from it, he reprimands who? Adam. 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 It's always Adam, Adam, Adam. When we say Hawa, didn't they both eat from the tree? Yes. Who did Allah blame? Verbally? Mostly Adam. And then in other verses, Allah blames both of them in the same way. So some verses Adam, other verses together. But He never says Hawwa, your wife, your Zaj. Nor is there any hadith <laughs> from the Prophet which proves that hawa was the one who enticed Adam to eat from the tree. No hadith whatsoever. There is a hadith, where, which is authentic, that people have misinterpreted. Again, what is that hadith 1? One? one authentic hadith. Rasul said, hadith, It's in Bukhari, this hadith. If it wasn't for hawa no female would wrong her husband. Okay. Hawa is the mother. Adam is the father. We inherit from our fathers and we inherit from our mothers. The genes and DNA of the father and mother are get, get passed on to us. So do some of their characteristics and habits. Is that true or not? This is, this is a fact in science as well. Hawa, her daughters, meaning women till the end of time, inherited something from her. What is it? One weakness. And the men inherited a weakness from their father. Actually, many weaknesses they did. But one of the weaknesses only women, well, women in general, not every single woman, inherited from from Hawa is this. He said, when Adam ate from the tree, when Adam ate from the tree, Adam had forgotten the command of Allah not to eat from it. It was like a long time, some say it was 40 years. He forgot. He literally forgot the command. Why did he forget? Because Iblis kept whispering and whispering and whispering and whispering. And what did he do? He said, your Lord did not prevent you from eating from this tree, except because there is a secret in it. The secret is that you will become angels or you will live for eternity. Now Allah was meant to what? Create Adam where? On earth. Didn't he say to the angels, I'm going to place on earth a new creature? Why did he put him in heaven? Allah put him in Jannah because he's fair and just, he just wants to show, out of his justice, that Adam, when he was going to go down anyway, Allah wants to show his fairness as well, that look, the reason I put him on earth is because he's not able to remain in paradise for long, and they have to live on earth to develop and learn, up here they can't do it, so he went and in, and Iblis said, you're going to live for eternity, you're going to be angels, yeah, and in the end, Qa He started swearing oath, and he started saying, Wallahi, by Allah, I swear by God, it's the tree of eternity, it's the tree that will make you angels by God. Now I want to ask you a question. If somebody was never has never experienced lying before, no one's ever lied to you. You've never lied to anyone, you've never witnessed lying, you've never learned lying, you don't know what lying is. Are you are you going to be able to identify lying when it comes to you? No. You're going to be tricked, is that correct? Adam never knew what lying is. Especially when Iblis comes and says, Wallahi, he never imagined in his life that someone was swearing earth by Allah, even if it was Iblis, because God is there. That this tree has got a secret in it that you know, you're know supposed to eat from it. And, and what happened is that, SubhanAllah, Adam fell prey, he was weak. Allah says in the Quran, Adam disobeyed his law. And he was led astray. In another verse, Allah says, we didn't find in Adam a strong willpower, he fell prey. When Hawa, which is the point I want to get to, the shaitan whispered to Adam first for a long time. He didn't listen, and in the end, he started to get, he started to forget, he started to get enticed. But still, he was a bit unsure." So Iblis started to whisper to Hawa as well. Allah says, The shaitan started whispering to both of them. So first started with Adam, then he started with both of, them, both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. And he said to both of them, you're going to become eternal. So after he said to Adam, he said to both of them, hoping that maybe Hawa can help him out of it. Maybe he will get stooged by her. Maybe, maybe. Hawa actually did not fall for Iblis' trick. She did not fall for Iblis' trick. She remembered very well. And subhanAllah, although we don't really rely on science completely, completely, I mean, it's always, we can always change it. But in studies, science today tells us that women are superior to men in remembering details because of the networking in their brain. So, brothers, when you're angry, when there's a fight happening, a conflict with your wife, shut up. Don't say anything, just walk. Let her make a and do whatever you go and do it and come back afterwards, inshallah. Everything, what, what, what's that word they say on the tele- telephone? This, what is it? this conversation will be recorded for quality, for quality and, and training purposes. That's the wife, so be careful, huh? in a good way I'm saying it. So brothers and sisters in Islam, Hawa actually remembered. But guess what she didn't do? She didn't whisper to Adam, She didn't tell him anything. She did two wrong things. What were they? Number one. She did not remind Adam and advise him. He's the man. I'll just follow him. No. You, my dear sister, have a responsibility towards your husband too. If he does wrong and you know, you must help him straighten up, just like he helps you. The second wrong she did she followed him, knowing it was a sin. And what does the Prophet ﷺ say? لا طاعة No obedience to any creation, if it means disobedience to Allah. At the end of the day, she is not Adam's slave, he is not her God. And he is not her slave and she is not his God. Who is their God? Allah. So, when she knew it was wrong, Rasul said, Khahat. She betrayed something. She betrayed. What did she betray? She betrayed one of her trusts. What is that? To advise her husband when she knows she is doing the wrong. Both the husband and wife, they can dis- they can betray each other's trust. How? If the husband knows his wife is doing wrong and just goes along with it, he follows her. That's betrayal. When the wife knows her husband is wrong and she follows him, that's betrayal. So Rasulullah is saying there is something inherited in women in general and that is when they get married, that they fall in love with a husband, a man, then what happens to her is that she finds herself uh, wanting to follow him more than, like she wants him to lead and therefore forgets her responsibility, that she also has a leadership responsibility. And that is when her husband bends, mends, uh, bends, uh, does something wrong, she also has a responsibility to help him straighten up. If he doesn't listen, she doesn't take part. And it's no longer her responsibility. One sister said, my husband doesn't pray for What should I do? Leave him? I said, do you have children? She says, yes. I said, no, dad. Make dua for him. Advise him. You pray your prayer and leave him. Allah will judge him. Now, brothers and sisters in Islam, even one brother, he said, brother, I have three children. And I may lose them if I divorce my wife. She no longer wears the hijab. So, brother, look, necessity dictates exception. Make dua for her. Stay with her. Stick with her for the sake. Because the harm is going to outweigh the benefit. Outweigh the benefit the lesser of the two evils, I say. Uh, One brother said to me, brother, I married my wife, she didn't have a hijab, and then she put on a hijab later on, you know, when we got religious, and now she's not really comfortable. I said, brother, you've got to be patient. You got married on that, you've got to be able to be patient. So, we have to be patient, not everything is black and white. We have to advise one another, help one another, support one another. That's the whole idea my brothers and sisters in Islam. So Hawa' did not entice him, but what she did wrong was not advise him, not remind him. And Allah said, without blaming Hawa' still, because Adam should have known better still, he said he deluded both of them. The consequence was on who? was on both of them. Adam was supposed to be the leader. Hawat was supposed to remind him and advise him when knowing that he was doing the wrong. But instead, they both ate from the tree that was forbidden. What happened to them immediately? And I'll finish it with this. They did not become angels. They did not become eternal living. One amazing thing happened, and I will stop it here. And and, inshallah, with this, and explain next week why. One amazing thing happened. Allah Subhanahu
1: Wa (laughs) Taala says,
0: and He swore to them both, "Surely I am your sincere advisor."
1: فلما ذاق الشجرة بدت لما سواء
0: Brought about their fall by deceit. He tricked them. And when they tasted of the tree, their shame became visible to them. Their private parts became naked. This is very important to remember for next week. And both began began to cover themselves with leaves from the trees of the garden. Then their Lord called out to them. Did I not forbid you from that tree, both of you? And did I not warn you that Shaitan is your declared enemy? They said,
1: "Qāla Rabbana ẓalimna ʾafusana wa illa taʿūfir lana wa tarshana wa illa taʿūfir lana wa tarshana lakūna min al-fāsi."
0: Both cried out oh our Lord we have wronged ourselves we have wronged ourselves if you do not forgive us and do not have mercy on us we shall surely be among the worst. the difference between them when they disobeyed and Iblis when he disobeyed is like the difference between the East and the West not literally that Eastern people are better than the West I mean Far distances, no comparison. We'll talk about that next week. And the reason that their aura, their private parts were revealed, and they started to cover it, there is also a wisdom from that. Next week inshaAllah, we'll start from here and explain these two points and move on with the life of Adam. wa wa